Mike Spaulding says uh, he really favors the chilies in the airport. Sure, yeah. And then it was suggested that do you like go specifically to the chilies at the airport? <laughs> <laughs> right. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 12 Minutes After 6 this Monday morning, you saw the film. I did. Eric texted Greg Pancake Hill and myself over the weekend going into Mario, yep. the Mario movie. Yep. So I told you about how my kids separately all came up to me and said, hey, can we go see that movie, the Super Mario movie? And I was a little surprised just because we're not one to go to a bunch of movies anyway, but they all seem to really want to see this okay. one. Uh, so we went and saw it this weekend. I was at the Wisconsin Dells this weekend uh, celebrating my in-laws' 50th. So we went to a movie. And uh, I asked my 11-year-old, okay, what do you think? Did it meet your expectations? Yes. How? I don't know. It was, like, good and funny. It, like, connected to the to Mario Kart, like, more than I thought it would. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Mario Kart stuff in there that Brittany really liked. She was super into that because yes. that's what she said she mm-hmm. was looking for you're right in her preview and uh, as far as what she would give it if if someone else were to want to see the movie all right so if you're gonna rate this movie what would you rate it one out of ten nine a nine a nine that's good yeah all right that's pretty high pretty so, high yeah so nine from the 11 year old outstanding and uh what about from the 40 something year old ah uh, um I don't know if I'm allowed to give a rating. Did you notice what was happening to me during the movie? Yeah. What was happening? You were sleeping. Did you, <laughs> did you try to wake me up? Yeah. She's busy hitting me in the arm. Wake up. <laughs> I slept through the movie. Did you go to the midnight show or what? <laughs> no, it was right in the middle of the day. <sighs> I did see chunks of it. It was it was okay. There was, <laughs> I saw chunks of it. Oh, <laughs> there was a lot of Easter Bunny like little things in there. There was uh, they did a great job kind of bringing back some music and different little tiny parts from the game. I thought Seth Rogen was really good. Uh, he played Donkey Kong. Jack Black, uh, pretty pretty phenomenal. What he, he was did. Bowser, right? Peaches, 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 peaches. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but that's about it for me. <laughs> I, I, I slept through and a good out. chunk of the movie. <laughs> was it good sleeping? It was. Yeah, it wasn't good. bad. It wasn't. It was a nice. Hey, you're nap. out there relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Do what you. You bought your ticket. You can do what right. you want with yeah. your time. Of course. So that's the Mario movie. I'll make you mine. Peaches, 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 peaches. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers took a lead into the eighth inning and quickly saw that evaporate. As they surrender nine, yes, nine runs in that inning and lose to the Boston Red Sox by a final of 12 to five. Part of that reason, Matt Bush, who came in for the crew in the eighth, gave up a couple of homers and eventually four earned runs, earning himself his first loss of the season. Well, I think Matt's going to have to get outs for us for sure. You know, we, we've got to, we got to have an eight man bullpen and that's what we're going to count on. He got huge outs in the Seattle series for us. Um, had a bad day today. Definitely had a bad day. Manager Craig Council there, or as Joe Vitrano says, 
Biloxi could be in the future there. The Brewers will look to rebound tonight, though, as they welcome in the Detroit Tigers to begin a three-game series. Colin Ray is expected to get the start for the Brew Crew with the first pitch set for 640. A little bit of uh, programming alert here. You can tune into full coverage over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Again, the Brewers will be on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 6 p.m. Over to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks will look to even things up in Miami after dropping an ugly Game 3 on Saturday night as they look to bounce back for Game 4 tonight. Giannis, who is still dealing with that back contusion, he has been listed as questionable for tonight's game as he was able to do some individual work following the Bucks' practice on Sunday. Whether he plays or not, Coach Bud knows their fix to their problem is quite simple. Uh, we need to be better, um, you know, so... Like I said, give them credit. They played well. Uh, we need to be better. We need to deal with um, a lot of things better. Um, that'll be the challenge going into the next game. Yes, Coach Bud, you need to be much better after losing by 22 points on Saturday. Game four will tip off at 6.30 tonight. Our pregame coverage will begin at 6 p.m. right here on WTMJ, your home of the Milwaukee Bucks. A familiar refrain from Coach Bud, though. Like, he never, you know, he never loses his mind. He doesn't yeah, get overly no. excited. He doesn't whatever. <laughs> nah, no, we need to be better. Well, yeah. It uh, doesn't really give you much more than that. Yeah, maybe a lot more better. Like way more better. <laughs> yeah. 619 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Six twenty two now on Wisconsin's Morning News this Monday morning. Eric was off Friday, but uh, Mike Spaulding was here and we Talked about the blue check marks. Ah, Mine disappeared yes. on Thursday. It did, and it, it never returned. Shortly after the uh, Elon Musk rocket blew up, then he went. <laughs> then he went to Twitter and blew up everybody's check marks. But some are coming back. Well, I did say people were going to die. All right, let's do a Musk watch here for Monday, April twenty fourth. So here's what we got. Yes, a lot of people have lost their check mark. You were talking about this. Some celebrities are blue now that the Twitter is pulling its verification check marks. Social media sites now changing eight bucks a month for individuals to keep those blue checks. So no one wants to pay that, right? They don't want to have to pay for their own verification. Yeah. But here's the thing. Because of that, you have people now pretending to be someone. We have fake people claiming to be Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. That didn't take long. And they falsely claim that Lakeshore Drive would close to private traffic next month. (laughs) That did not really happen. Something you were trying in Chicago. Chicago, no. Yeah, so that did not actually happen. But you have people pretending to be other people. The other issue is that some are getting their blue check marks back. Yes, I've noticed that. Yes, and it's not really what some want because they feel that that means that they are actually paying to be <laughs> they don't want to actually be that person they don't want to be that guy who's right. actually paying oh you the- so needed your blue check mark that you're paying the eight dollars among them lebron james this is a, a great little uh, paragraph here from slate magazine it's not that easy to get a hold of lebron james's people Few celebrities are accessible, but James occupies a rarefied strata of fame where it's even harder to get his representatives to even acknowledge you, right? So this is this is getting somewhere. Right. A lot of people trying yeah. to get to him. There are thousands of journalists and millions of other people who would like to ask LeBron something at any given moment. Many reporters with serious questions might not even be able to get a no comment. 
So consider what it must have taken for a reporter from The Verge, <laughs> a technology website that has essentially nothing to do with the NBA, to quickly get a concise newsmaking response from James People on Thursday. That's because they asked him, hey, what's the deal? You still got the blue check mark. Did you buy it? <laughs> did you pay and your eight no, bucks? No, I did not. They immediately got back to The Verge saying that, no, 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 no. We didn't pay the eight LeBron, bucks. LeBron, don't pay for check marks. <laughs> But I think that's so funny because now you have people like him, other celebrities who not only are they not pleased that they got the check mark put back, but they're going to great lengths to tell you, like, yeah. I didn't What's pay me? for it. I, I, I'm not that vain. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so you have some that are dropping off because of that. You, I think the bigger concern is not whether or not someone's reputation is going to be tarnished because they now have the check mark back. I think the bigger concern is someone pretending to be somebody else and whether or not it's going to affect newsmaking possibilities that generally get shared on that site. That's the point I was making Friday. I like a lot of the things that Elon Musk has brought to Twitter. I like, I think there's a value for agitators in the world, people sure. that shake things up, sometimes just for the sake of shaking them up, and sometimes when the dust settles, things are left better. This is not something that I agree with him on, not because I lost my check mark or whatever take that as it were for how i use twitter as sort of a news aggregate right. where right i want to go on there and generally i don't rip stuff right off of twitter and just throw it on the air you vet that but to now go and see a statement from the white house or well i guess there are a few government entities that still have their check marks mm, that's but correct to see some quote-unquote newsmaker and they've said something that we'd like to talk about to now have to go through and try to figure out is this actually that person well, just think about if uh, Aaron Rodgers were to announce that, hey, I finally got traded to the Jets. Is that yeah, for right. sure Aaron Rodgers? And that, <laughs> that's going to be what you run into. Does he still have his? I'm checking. Stand by. You're going to check and see if he's yeah. still got the blue? He's so vain. He, he paid for it. He paid for it. <laughs> he dropped the $8 in a heartbeat. Uh, but it is. It, it's not a great look for him he still has the weekend. Really? Well, some Aaron Rodgers has the check mark. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's not. Oh, it's got to oh, be 4. him. 4.5 million followers. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the guy. That's him. I'm curious. All right. Well, as long last as Last tweeted you... four days ago. Appears to be a sword or something like that. A sword emoji. All right. <laughs> and he was retweeting uh, Robert Kennedy, the lawmaker. Give me a sword. I need an army. And it can't be just the party. I need Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. Aaron Rodgers retweeted that. Blue check mark and all. All right. But still no train. <laughs> That's right. And as of now, still no blue check mark for Vince Vetrano. Which is fine. Maybe I will pay that eight bucks. <laughs> How'd the golf go, though? Golf went well. Yeah. Surprisingly well. So far, so good this year, eh? Yeah, not bad. This week, Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport will unveil a new dining option in Concourse C. Hi, welcome to Chili's. No, we already got one of those. Uh, this is <laughs> going to be the Concordia Market, Eric. Mm -hmm. Local stuff here, Anodyne Coffee, Press Waffles. I'm not familiar with that product. Sounds tasty. Concordia what? In honor of, is this a Concordia University thing? I don't think so. I think it's just a... Concordia Market, okay. Yes. And uh, let me see. They're going to have a big to-do the official grand opening will be tomorrow at 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were laughing. So Mike Spaulding says uh, he really favors the chilies in the airport. Sure, yeah. And then it was suggested that, do you, like, go specifically to the chilies at the airport? <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I, can't, I can't think of ever, like, that being a target for me, other than making sure I can find a cup of coffee if it's an early morning flight. I don't really... 
target any of the food like a full sit eateries. down <laughs> well the problem is like there's some really good restaurants out in the main sort of terminal before yeah. you go through security but if you're there at the airport you're always you just want to get through security yeah right you have anxiety to get through you right. want to make sure and there's no issue you, once you're through then your options are more limited so this will add more to concourse c back when midwest was the carrier right it was all concourse d right yeah. that was the big midwest right. one but then c now that's that's the sexy concourse now <laughs> That's where all the good stuff's going, including the chilies. I hope they pay. This thought occurs to me, and I don't know why, but like to be a restaurant worker right now, and every restaurant in America is trying to hire people. Mm-hmm. Story recently in the paper about how a couple of restaurants are like all ready to go, ready to launch, and they can't launch because they can't find people. There's not enough help. So I wonder, do, do they get, say, say, do you get paid more to work at the chilies at the airport than you do at some other random chilies? I think I'd want to work on. The airport, but lot. like, think about the extra hassle for those folks. You could ride up to your local Chili's, park in the you know they probably make the employees park the far away spots. But you walk thirty eight steps to the door, boom, you're done, and you go to work. If you work like in one of these concourse things, you like got to go through security. You got oh, the thing. You got to have a badge. But think a about walk. that. Think about the, the advantage. You're probably getting better tips, right, from travelers. At the airport restaurant. Yeah, people are generally in a good mood. And you could argue that the uh, the level of expectation for quality can be dipped <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> right? So you don't have to try as hard, maybe. Got like three, four menu items, and this is the only place you can <laughs> yeah, eat. Look, so take it or leave it, pal. Right. right. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. All right. So you're all in. <laughs> you yes. Go, you buy a plane ticket. Because you can't even go through security unless you have a ticket, right? Right, unless you work there. So then, or or work there. Well, anyway, this uh, new one, something to look for if you're in Concourse C. That's where Southwest Airlines does all their flights out of there. So look for that at Milwaukee Mitchell. Grand opening is tomorrow at 11 a.m. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks down 2-1 in the opening round series to Miami. will look to cool down the heat as they get set. For Game 4 tonight, Giannis has been listed as questionable for tonight's matchup, and Wesley Matthews has already been ruled out with a calf injury. That tip-off is set for 6.30. You can tune in right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. After dropping two out of three to the Boston Red Sox, the Milwaukee Brewers will look to bounce back tonight as the Detroit Tigers are set to visit the Brew City. Colin Ray is expected to get the start for the Brew Crew with that first pitch set for 640. A little bit of a programming alert here for you. You can tune into full coverage of Brewers Tigers over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 6 p.m. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The NFL Draft is set to take place this week where the Green Bay Packers currently hold 10 selections. For now, at least, according to ES, excuse me, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the Packers and Jets have re-engaged in trade talks centering around four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. And without being too dramatic here, the future of the Green Bay Packers, whether good or bad, will take shape this week. Will Brian Gunikins and Jets general manager Joe Douglas finally agree on a trade? And if so, what do the Packers get in return? What do they do with that return? How good or how bad can Jordan Love be? Does he have enough weapons around him to be successful? All of these questions, although valid, are some questions that will still be asked all summer long as they usher in a new era 
with Jordan Love at the helm. The Packers have more glaring needs than I think folks realize. To name a few, pass catchers, only four receivers currently on the roster, all second-year guys. Really no tight ends. Mercedes Lewis is a free agent. Uh, no pass rushers, really, to name outside of uh, Rashawn Gary, who's coming off an ACL injury. The big thing, though, for me this week is to address some of those areas of needs to help give their young starter a fair shake at this unfair football life. Bottom line here, the Packers and the pressure is heavily sitting on the shoulders of Goody this week to, one, trade off a quarterback who clearly wants out, and for two, help give his young first-year starter, Jordan Love, a fighting chance at success with that said trade. This draft and this potential Rodgers trade could hinge on the success or the failure for Jordan Love in his first season as the new leader in Green Bay. For some, it's a refreshing change. For others, it's a worry-filled future outlook. But however you view it, it will be a new era in Town, whether good or bad. News this week from our nation's capital. President Joe Biden expected to officially announce his re-election bid this week. ABC's Jay O'Brien. A lot of attention on a possible Tuesday announcement because that would mark the four-year anniversary of the launch of President Biden's 2020 campaign. Sources telling ABC News the White House already reaching out to top Democratic donors and that that campaign kickoff would likely come in the form of a video message. The announcement expected while the president enjoys little enthusiasm for another run, even from within his own party. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts is with us live from Washington this morning. Steve, if I can, before we get to that latter point, can you explain why the, quote, official announcement has significance for a candidate? I mean, the president has said many times over he intends to run. So why is what happens this week sort of a threshold for him to cross? Well, uh Look, at 80 years old, uh, there's always the possibility that something could happen to derail his uh, reelection bid. So it's symbolically it's important. It also changes the landscape in terms of fundraising. He plays under different fundraising rules. Uh, up until now, I think that uh, Biden has actually resisted um, this because uh, on some level, when you're president and you go around the country and you um, uh, have some big ceremonies to uh, repair a, a, a bridge and you appear with Republican governors, uh, this is kind of a nonpartisan or bipartisan aura, which is very helpful to, to Biden. Once you're a candidate, everything is, is sort of filtered through a more partisan lens. But um, I think he's he's eager to, to make this announcement. I think he wants to quell whatever doubts people have. And there are a lot of doubts. Uh, you know, our polling shows that even within Democratic ranks, there's a lot of uneasiness about Biden. One ABC uh, Washington Post poll just a few weeks ago, 58 percent of Democrats and Democratic leaning independents said they prefer someone other than Biden. Only 31 percent said they prefer Biden. And, and those numbers are even more unfavorable among young voters who are particularly concerned about Biden's age, because he's 80 years old, would be 82 at election, 86 if he finished the second term. So um, I think Biden is trying to quell some of those doubts and saying, I might be perfect, but it's time to get behind me and, and, and unify and, uh, and start organizing. And uh, um, I do expect a, an announcement, if, if not tomorrow, then uh very quickly, but tomorrow seems likely. Does this change the focus on his running mates 
His vice president, would something potentially change there, given his age and those doubts that the American people seem to be showing? That's a very good question. Uh, but I, I'm going to be very honest here, here. I think on some level, Biden would like uh, another vice presidential candidate. I think a lot of people in the Democratic Party are not big fans of Kamala Harris, do not think she's performed very well. But I think it would be politically impossible to replace her on the ticket. You've got to remember that black women are the single most loyal element in the entire Democratic Party. 91% of black women voted for Biden in the last election. And it is absolutely critical that he keep enthusiasm high. That This election could be de- decided by turnout. It's going to be decided by which party can energize their base more vigorously. And the last thing Joe Biden can risk is alienating such a critical element of his constituency. Talking with ABC's Steve Roberts, political analyst. So any chance that there is a challenge from within the Democratic Party then, Steve? I mean, there are a number of possible up-and-comers who are certainly itching to run. Yes, but um, it's very different from the Republican Party. I mean, uh, Trump has significant uh, foes already. DeSantis is clearly going to run. Mike Pence is is, uh, increasingly critical of Trump and separating himself. He did it over the weekend in Iowa on the issue of abortion, trying to draw a more clear distinction between himself and Trump. Democratic side, um, the good news is there's no serious challenger. The bad news is there's no serious challenger because uh, the bench (laughs) is very weak. And if for some Biden were to fall off his bicycle or something else happened that would prevent him from running, the Democratic Party would be in great trouble. But it's a big asset for Biden in the short run, because we know from history that a sitting president, if the sitting president is challenged in the primaries, it can, can really uh, create some very serious wounds. Obviously, Jimmy Carter in 1980, challenged by Teddy Kennedy, was grievously wounded by that campaign. But people forget in 1992, when Bush 41 was challenged significantly by Pat Buchanan. In both of those cases, those presidents were defeated for a second term. So the the Democrats suffer from the loss of alternatives. But in the short run, it's a benefit because no one serious is is going to run against Biden. And he does have the ability um, to unify the party, even though liberals have never been big fans of Joe Biden, even though there's no, you know, as I gave you the, the figures earlier, people are not jumping up and down and thinking Joe Biden's the greatest leader since John F. Kennedy. But he provides a contrast to Trump. He's steady where Trump is chaotic. He's reliable where Trump was erratic. He's already beaten Trump once. And the Democrats say, you know, good old Joe is our best bet to defeat Trump again. And that's his biggest strength. If you want to boil his slogan down into four words, it's Fear Trump, vote Biden. ABC's Steve Roberts with us on this Monday morning. Thank you, Steve. Okay, sure.